Hello, everyone, and welcome to your next episode of Mejita Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Altergat, the Chief Experience Officer at the CX Edge. Well, today I am delighted to have Mr. Bill Dobbins. He's the owner of Caster Concepts, along with Caroline Herto, who's the project manager at Caster Concepts. Welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks. Yeah, <clears throat> you guys are based in Michigan. I'm based in Chicago. We were just kind of talking about our odd weather patterns this spring, but I wore my nice spring jacket hoping that spring will be upon us very soon. Um, so to kind of start with Mahita Talks, we always like to get to know our guests a little bit better and especially the member organizations that they work for. So I was hoping you could take just a few minutes to maybe talk a little bit about what Caster Concepts is, as well as maybe how you got started in this industry. Um, well, that, that might take the whole 25 minutes here, so I'll, <laughs> I'll condense it. Um, so Caster Concepts is a manufacturer, U.S. manufacturer of heavy-duty industrial casters and wheels. Uh, we're located in uh, Albion, Michigan. Um, uh, we're proud uh, Michigan State fans with a few tricklings of the University of Michigan people that are just sort of passing through. Um, so, um, and, and the way we got involved in, in why we're even in a niche business in the material handling space is that uh, one of the founders, my father, um, actually um, was the president of Albion Industries. Um, <clears throat> later to be Colson, and, um, and so at 65 years old, um, he was given a golden watch and, uh, and escorted out of uh, Alvin Industries, and he was no more interested in retiring than the man in the moon, and so at 67 years old, him and my two previous partners started Caster Concepts. Uh, in a very small industrial space in Albion, Michigan, and uh, started on a very meager budget. Uh, we started with about $40,000 in seed money. Um, my dad didn't necessarily need an income. My previous partner needed an income, Jack Turner. And uh, so with a lot of hard work and a lot of good luck and uh, the Lord's blessing, we've been able to grow this business over the 35 years. and. Uh, so we now reside in about uh, uh, 70,000 square feet uh, of industrial space uh, in Albion, uh, overlooking I-94. We're in the process of building on about 16,000 square feet. Uh, within that, we actually operate about five different uh, entities that we track on separate P&Ls. And we have an engineering and uh, motor-driven business that's sort of part of these uh, uh, community of businesses. Well, that's a true American dream story. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing with us. Yeah, Carolyn, it, how about you? It, 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 it's been a cool story, and uh, we're, we're living the dream. We're living my father's dream, frankly. And uh, I was in a previous profession and decided to get out of that. And um, so I have my son working with me now, and so we're uh, in the process of successive planning and, you know, what the, what the uh, next iteration of Caster Concepts will be. Well, congratulations. That's, that's a fantastic story. Thank Carolyn, you. how about you? How did you get started here? Uh, well, 
I am part of that next generation. Um, so I'm Bill's youngest daughter. Um, but my background, um, probably to my grandfather's sadness, um, is not in engineering um, and manufacturing, though I love and respect um, the individuals who work hard at Caster Concepts every day. Um, I pursued a business degree um, and went off and had a, a career in nonprofit management and marketing um, in the Metro Detroit area for seven or so years uh, post-graduation. And then I uh, had the opportunity to come back um, after um, pursuing my master's degree in community development. Um, was, had the opportunity to come back and join the family business um, as um, sort of on the side of our corporate social responsibility um, and Castor Cares um, and some of the nonprofit work that we're involved in here in the community. Um, so my work is rooted in um, downtown Albion and the work that we do here, uh, which includes a 5K series, a summer concert series, um, and the biggest uh, chunk of my time, which is most exciting, our STEM and uh, Robotics Education Center uh, located uh, here in downtown Albion. That's fantastic. And thank you for giving me such a nice transition because one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you guys today was about your corporate social responsibility. And I think, you know, over the years, it's become a nice buzzword. A lot of companies talk about it. They make some donations. But to be honest with you, I don't know that I've seen too many companies in this space to really make a concerted effort for a long-term strategy for corporate social responsibility. So I was hoping we could spend a little bit of time talking today about some of your programs and what it means to you. Um, so I was hoping to really start with what does corporate responsibility really mean to you as an organization? How would you define it? Well, I, you know, that's a great question. And, you know, if you ask 10 people, they'd probably give you 10 different answers. So I'll share with you, you know, somewhat our journey, my journey to corporate responsibility. And, and, and it really was through great mentoring, um, some key people that impacted my life and my business and led me to um, an organization called Conscious Capitalism. So conscious capitalism, and I'll paraphrase somewhat, is, is, is the belief that capitalism is one of the most amazing, I'll say, inventions of mankind. Uh, the ability to lift people out of poverty um, through a capitalistic mm -hmm. approach, okay? So, you know, there, and then there's lots of negative things about capitalism, you know? Um, uh, connection with capitalists are racist and all that sort of thing. So when you put conscious thought into what a capitalist should be, then it, then it makes you that much more aware of all the stakeholders that are involved in, in the capitalistic approach. So uh, conscious capitalism believes that profits are essential. And the real question is, what do you do with profits? If it's the profits are made to enhance my life, that's not appropriate and um, should not be that way. Those profits are somewhat owned by all the stakeholders, including our customers. They include our, our suppliers. They include, number one, our employees, 
and they also include our community. Uh, and it's important that we segregate the use of that those profits in, in appropriate ways that all our stakeholders benefit from the profits that we generate. So we don't shy away from, we talk to our, our, our employees that it's important that we make profit. Uh, we invest back into the company, we invest in them, and we invest in our communities. And um, so really my journey has started with understanding conscious capitalism, the importance of it, um, being a conscious leader, um, and, um, and developing a conscious culture um, where we challenge ourselves, are we doing the right things? I love that. And I, I love the use of conscious capitalism. I think that's such a good point because it's intentional what you're doing. It's not for a marketing effort. It's not for anything else but other than giving back profits. And I think that's fantastic. Caroline, yeah, so you were going touched just, on oh i'm sorry i just say one other thing sherry and that and that's that we do tagline it so we call it caster cares and you know and and i'm very aware that we don't just do that and, and caroline holds me accountable if he, she thinks that we're using it as a marketing ploy and that there's no substance behind it but the other part of that is is to be an example um, um, I think that's important. It, not that, hey, we're doing the right thing, you're doing the wrong thing, but, but the opportunity that we can all do better. We can do better, frankly. Um, and we want to, we don't control other companies, we don't control other businesses, and we want to influence them in that capitalism will be stronger if we all do the right things with, with the, um, capitalist approach and profits generated. So, sorry. No, no, I think that was a great ad. Caroline, you were kind of talking in your intro about some of the programs that you're working on. Um, I know that was a little tiny snapshot of all the things you've done under Caster Cares. So I wonder if you could give us a little bit more information about the various programs you're involved in from a corporate social responsibility perspective. Um, I think I compartmentalize our work a, in two areas, um, things that we do inside the walls of our business uh, for our employees, um, and then the things we do outside um, in our community that we hope our employees engage in, um, but are really doing it for the, the broader community. So inside the business, um, Caster Cares looks like um, tickets to the local movie theater for families um, when they're family-friendly movies. Um, it looks like um, lunches for uh, employees um, twice a week so that they are well-fueled to continue to do their work. Um, Back-to-school supplies support, um, especially uh, in these inflationary times, we recognize that our families um, are, are working hard to make ends meet and provide for their kids. Um, and so where casters can um, help ease that burden a bit, um, we we seek to do that. Um, so each family got a 
credit towards um, school supplies for their kids in August as they headed back to school. Everybody loves new crayons, at least I think everybody does. Um, so those are some of the things we do in-house. Um, and then out in the community, we have um, the events that I referenced earlier, uh, the Run Albion uh, 5K series. That is a standalone nonprofit entity um, that is supported by um, Caster Concepts, Caster Cares, and other businesses in our community to uh, bring a three-part 5K series here to downtown Albion, um, engage our local residents in a healthy activity, uh, walking, running, skipping, jumping, you don't care how you finish. Um, and also it attracts others into our community um, that may choose to uh, stay the weekend, stay at the hotel, go to the brewery, visit the bakery, um, and make a weekend experience of Albion, um, or also just have a, have a positive experience. Um, Albion historically has a challenged uh, reputation. Um, we don't always talk kindly about ourselves in the community and others um, outside also don't always talk kindly about us. Um, and so something like Run Albion um, brings families and community community members in uh, to have a really positive experience. That's been going on for about six years now. Um, our longest running program that was a part of Castor Cares before Castor Cares was even a thing um, was is Swinging at the Shell, um, which again is a standalone nonprofit um, summer concert series uh, that takes place in Albion um, at the Victory Park Band Shell uh, every Sunday night between the end of July and mid-September, uh, bringing high-quality, family-friendly music um, to a free uh, Sunday night event. Um, over the years, it's grown, um, and we've had uh, consistently uh, five, six, seven hundred people out on the lawn, ages from one to there's probably a few 90 year olds in the crowd. Um, it's a it's a beautiful representation of our community. And again, another opportunity for us to draw people into Albion to have a really positive and vibrant experience. Well, I love uh, the that final. You oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry. no, go ahead. I love that you broke it up in kind of those two pieces of what you're really doing internally and externally, because I think sometimes when we talk about corporate responsibility, people only think about the externally and not as much about the internally. And I think, you know, it's such an important part of the employee experience to also go through some of those things. In today's environment, especially in kind of the hiring and labor market that we're in, one of the things that people say are really important to them today is the focus of corporate responsibility that a business that they're going to represent and work for has. Have you seen your programs positively impact your recruiting initiatives as well as your turnover? Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to draw a direct line, you know, that there's a cause and effect sort of thing, I, you know, because what we're doing is trying to build a culture. And um, so, you know, part of the challenge with employees is retaining your great employees. And so as we build the culture, I think our retention rates have went way up. And I think it's directly, more directly related to the, the things that we're working on. And frankly, our transparency 
of why we work on them and why it's important to us and why it's important to them. So, you know, I think the the hiring part then becomes an evolutionary sort of process as you build the culture, they talk to the neighbors, they talk to people they know and that sort of thing. I think if, if, you, if you put it out on Indeed that, hey, look at us, look at all the things that we do, then it looks a little bit more like marketing than it does you know the the heart and soul of the business if our employees go out and talk to their neighbors about it you know that that's a totally different impact so um i look at retention rates for key employees and certainly it's about wages and it's about all those sorts of things but assuming that you're competitive with all that then i think people love to talk about what are we doing and what are we doing in the community and how are we impacting the community and how are we impacting their families? Um, and so, so it's a little bit more than just a, a straight line between here and hiring. Um, I think it's more three-dimensional or four-dimensional when you, when you really think about the impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so kind of going into, into the next phase, and I know, Bill, you talked about your kind of journey through this, and, and Caroline, I'm sure with your especially education background coming on, really helped to bolster some of these programs. You know, how did it, can you kind of take me quickly sort of through the progression of where you are today sounds like a very robust, very strategic program, but no program starts there. So can you kind of take me through sort of what that progression looked like for you? For me, it's, um, you know, it's really that conscious leadership sort of thing. How can I do better? How am I going to hold myself accountable to do better? And, and, and how do I sort of plant that seed within the organization? So you know, I, I don't think that we would, uh, if you went back, I'll say 10 years, but maybe even five years, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think we were very good corporate citizens, or I don't think we're as good as we could have been. And so it's, it's to your point, you, you talked about being purposeful. This is about being purposeful because I think a lot of this doesn't come necessarily naturally or it didn't come naturally to me. I didn't learn this when I went back to business school and they went like, you know, here you need to develop a corporate responsibility in your business. Maybe today that's taught more than it, than it was 20 years ago. Um, so, you know, it's like a lot of things in your life, you know, if you want to change something, you, you got to be purposeful about it. And, then you find opportunities to do that um and you know in caroline i think would attest to this we've gotten we're albion is a very challenged community we talked about the midwest it's a great place to live in the midwest but the mid midwest has been challenged for sure and we're we're sort of a rust belt community that's half the size as it was 35 years ago um and so you know, there's a lot of things that we can complain about in our community that frankly, if we don't like it, we can just go change it. And that's the attitude that we've gotten, you know, is that if, if we'll target certain things, this summer we will paint City Hall. Um, the city can't afford it or, you know, they don't have it in their budget or whatever. We'll paint 
metal railings along the riverfront. Um, don't expect people to go like, hey, you guys are unbelievable. Just we're capable of doing it. It needs to be done. I don't need anybody's permission. We just go do it. So again, it, it's all a journey of, of um, it's, it's having the right mindset, frankly. Right. Fantastic. So I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with um, the lightning round in Mahita Talks, but at the end of every Mahita Talks podcast, I do a lightning round. I have 10 questions, and the way we'll kind of do this with both of you, I'll ask both of you to answer it. I'll start with Caroline for the first one, and then the next one will start with Bill and kind of go back and forth. Um, so are you ready to enter our lightning round? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. I try to start off easy and it gets progressively harder. Um, just joking. It's easy the whole way. Through. All right. We'll start with the first question. Caroline, when you were a small child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, probably an Olympic swimmer. Bill, how about you? Um, I, as a small child, I. I would have wanted to be an engineer like my dad and then evolved into wanting to be a um, physician. All right, Bill, what is your go-to karaoke song? Oh my gosh. Caroline and I are gonna have the same one, I'm sure. It's Neil Diamond's Sweet Caroline. Uh, uh Absolutely. You agree, Caroline? I love that. That would be a nice that could be our next episode of Mahita Talks as you guys doing a duo of that. That'd be fantastic. We, we, we had an episode in Chicago at a Best Buys where we did our own karaoke off of Bluetooth speakers. So no we could provide video for that actually too. So <laughs> that would be that would be great. Um all right, Caroline, what's the most unusual thing you've ever eaten? Or eaten, not an adventurous eater. Um, fried pickles. Whoa. Bill, how about you? Me? Yep. yep. What's the most unusual thing you've ever oh, eaten? One time I ate a chocolate covered cricket. Yeah, that's unusual. <laughs> Was it good? Clearly the chocolate carried the day. <laughs> All right, Bill, would you rather go hang gliding or white water rafting? White water rafting. Caroline, how about you? I would also rather go white water rafting. I agree. Um, I like being on the ground. Uh, Caroline, what is something you think everyone should do at least once in their lives? Um, oh, that's really tough. And this is a lightning round. Mm. <laughs> I think everyone should travel to a foreign country. Good one, Bill. How about you? What's something you think everyone should do at least once in their lives? I think everyone should come to Albion and go to the Ryan Club and smoke a cigar. I'm there, man. I think Albion sounds like a great city. I might have to put that on my bucket list. All right. And finally, Bill, who inspires you to be better? 
Gosh, that's that's a tough one. Who inspires me to be better? Number one, it's my responsibility to inspire myself because um, it's hard to always look for that. But yeah, you know, I think I think my dad was all the ultimately my inspiration, and in turn, you know, I, my family inspires me to be better. Um, I'm letting you stand there. Caroline, how about you? Uh, my dad and my sister. Awesome. Well, you guys made it through the lightning round. You made it through our entire podcast. Do you have any parting words you would like to leave our listeners with? Uh, no, I, I appreciate you doing this today. I appreciate you highlighting some of our work. I, I hope people take some of this and go like, hey, what could I do in my community? Because um, so many of the communities we live in are, are so needy um, and, and we can make an impact and we don't have to cut through red tape and all that sort of I, that sort of thing. And, you know, there, there's a blog out on Facebook called Revitalize or Die sort of thing that we follow closely. And, you know, there, there's just a lot of simple wisdom that we can all utilize in, in, in doing better. Um, so I, I appreciate what Mahita does for the material handling space. Um, I appreciate that I'm in a business that has high quality competition. You know, I think sometimes, you know, you can be in businesses where you have a bunch of competitors that are idiots, but, you know, we have Hamilton, we have Colson, we have Albion, we have a lot of very good competitors that are parts of Mahita. And um, so they, you know, they force us to hold ourselves to high standards. So, you know, I, I think, thank you for doing this. Well, thank you both for being on. This has been a great conversation. I really appreciate your time today. And I really appreciate what you're doing um, in your community and for your employees. I think it's a fantastic story. So thank you for sharing it with us. And thank you to all of our listeners. This has been another episode. Come visit Albion. Yeah, come visit Albion. I already wrote it down on my bucket list. This has been Mihita Talks with Sherry Altergott. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.